okay? Yeah, what you got in your pockets, eh? Uh, um, Anything good in there? Uh, n- n- no. You got any skits? Uh, well, I mean, yeah, I've got some skits. Oh, nice, nice. Got some skits, have you? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anything else? Uh, no, on, no. Come on, turn about. No, no, you no. Got, you got, <laughs> what is that? Um, uh, 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 some silly voices. You got anything else in there? Anything good? Uh, um, I've, some things I've played. Oh, nice, nice. Got any anything visual? Anything more visual than that? Things I've watched? Oh, nice, nice. Something take all my ears. <laughs> Listen to Well, 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 aren't you a queer and pleasant stranger? Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Dale. And I'm not Jane Harris Magnet. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. It's a podcast. Two queer trans ladies, we have a catch up and talk about our weeks and do skits and voices and whatnot. Catch up. How are you doing? Ketchup. <laughs> What's this? Ketchup. We have a ketchup. <laughs> we have a ketchup. Oh. What <laughs> if we had ketchup? <laughs> I mean, it would probably be less talkative than Old that, school. unless unless it's the one from uh, from Bug Snacks. What? What? <laughs> what if it was a friend of Pikachu's? <laughs> it wouldn't say very much, but Pikachu would rub up against it very happily. <laughs> I don't remember that at all from the original series, yeah, but it's... ever since you mentioned it, I can't stop thinking about Pikachu enjoying ketchup. Yeah, Pikachu <laughs> just has a little glass bottle of ketchup that, that he loves and he just nuzzles up against. Nuzzle the ketchup. Yeah, it's adorable. It's the greatest love story ever told Pikachu and ketchup. Damn right. Yeah. <laughs> so should we talk about what we've played? We probably should. What have you played this week? Uh, we played a boarded game. We did. We learned a new one. Big one. Yeah. Not all complicated. It wasn't that bad, actually. Yeah, it's called Barrage. Barrage. Uh, it's about... Water. Yeah, water and using water to generate electricity and making the various steps of a hydroelectric plant that would generate you energy. Yeah. Build some dams, build some conduits. Build some, like, power stations and try and make more energy than the other player. Uh, It's got some interesting systems. It's got a lot of interlocking systems. Um, At its core, it's a worker placement game. Yeah, with a little bit of engine building. Yeah, so you start each round of the game with a certain number of workers and certain actions you can take will cost more workers than other actions so mm-hmm. uh you might you know be able to put an extra worker down to get like a higher bonus or uh if someone's already taken the the action you want to take you can pay slightly more in terms of workers and sometimes money to also take that action mm-hmm. um on top of that you've got quests to solve that are usually like generate this much energy in a single action mm-hmm. um you've got to collect resources to build uh, parts of your your system and mm-hmm. set them up on on like a, a big interactive board, there's a lot going on. But it was not Huge as complicated mess. as we feared. No, it wasn't too bad in the end, really. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like it's in it's another one of those ones where once you've sort of got a hang of the icons, it's very manageable. Yeah. But initially it's like, oh god, this is a huge manual. It, I mean, it doesn't help that there are advanced rules and the basic rules. We played the basic rules yeah. with a standard setup. 
Uh, there is a whole extra patents board uh, yeah. that we didn't play with. There's like some other stuff, and and it it scaled quite nicely yeah. for two. I felt. Yeah, I I like that. Unlike some games that have lots of interlocking systems, this only has one real end goal and win condition. Yes. Um. So you're not like constantly going, oh well, do I go for this or do I go for this or do I go for this? It's mm. constantly, I need to do something that will generate me energy. Yep. Um, and there's some cool stuff going on, like, if you can get over a certain points threshold in a round, you're eligible to try and earn bonus points. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you sort of got over the minimum requirement, but not all the way up, then, like, there are negative modifiers applied. Yep. Um, there's a lot of strategy in where you build your dams and mm-hmm. where you build your conduits, because different conduits between dams and power stations are worth different amounts of points. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're also more expensive. The, the better ones are more expensive to build exponentially. Yes. But it's so it's not just worker placement. You've also got these other elements to place as well. So you have cement mixers and excavators. Yes. So building conduits will generally cost you in um, cement mixers, I think, or in um, in excavators. But yeah. then, like, you'll have like the bases of the dams, and they will cost a certain amount in cement mixers. Yeah, and, and then those things sort of go around this little wheel. Yeah, there's a wheel with lots of sort of intersecting spokes. It looks like if you chopped an orange in half and it had segments. Or a um, bike wheel. Or a bike wheel, yeah. <laughs> um, and you sort of put your... Let's say you want to build a dam. You put the pieces that it would take to build the dam in your uh, your wheel, and you rotate it one segment, and you get to build the, we- the, the dam straight away, but you don't get back the resources that you used to spend the dam or the card that says you can build a dam until that's done a full circle and mm. you've sort of freed your parts from it. Yeah, there is a part of the board where you can go to uh, to try and move that forward a bit more quickly. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's an interesting way of sort of not it sort of pacing things out yeah, it, and foreplanning. It 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 requires a certain amount of patience and pacing because you you know that if you commit to building something your resources are going to be locked up for a while. Like, if you build a big level 5 conduit that you've been wanting to build, that's a lot of resources just sort of stuck for several turns, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's got a really interesting flow to it as a game. Because <laughs> <laughs> of the water. Yeah, because of the water. Uh, you can build up the level of the dams to block more water behind them. Yep, so you up can... to three levels. Yeah. Um, I, I had a lot of fun with this. Mm. Yeah, I didn't really feel like I got the hang of most of the interlocking mechanisms until a couple of turns or a couple of rounds in. I, that's often the way with a game like this. We we both made the same mistake at the very start. Yeah, it, it really feels like one of those ones that's kind of simple to learn, but it's going to take a little while for all the strategies to sink yeah. in. And also to wrap your head around, okay, if I want to do this... I need to do this. I should be doing this earlier on. I need yeah. to look at this or spending that that yeah. way. I I think I I did quite well on that first game because mm. I had a little. I had a very small power supply thing going that was only generating like one point per water, mm-hmm. but it was generating me lots of early water. Yes. And then I managed to get my one big conduit going to to get some big points late game. Which well, the other thing is it was way at the bottom of of the um the system. So. Yeah. For the most part, water coming out of there would get, sort of end up trickling towards you. Yeah, so it, it there was a there was less of a chance of me missing my window to grab the water mm-hmm. because it had you know more time to to work its way down. Um, 
Yeah, it's, it's fascinating. Yeah, the artwork's quite nice. Yeah, I'm 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 a big fan. Yeah, uh, it's, it's a turbine, <laughs> a big turbine. <sighs> what else have we played? Uh, we played another body game type game together. Body game type game together. We we played a little bit of kitten. We did play some kitten. It's a little tin full of little wooden kitty cats. Yeah. I imagine if they were tetraminos, but, but they were cat-shaped. Cat-shaped and not entirely flat edges. You've got, oh. like, feet and ears and things that'll sort of... Um, These two little pokey eppies. Yeah. It's a very simple game. Turn over a card, there will be a picture of a stack of cats. Uh, as quick as you can... Make that stack of cats without them falling over, yeah. and then do a meow to be like, "I've made my my stack of cats." Yeah. And if you win three rounds, you become chief cat cuddler. Yay! And you win. And it's, I didn't wasn't expecting to enjoy it as much as I did, it, but there it, is a sort of frantic silliness yeah, to it. There is a good frantic silliness to it. I feel like, I feel like this could get comp- like really competitive with a slightly bigger group of people, and you've all had a few drinks, and it's the <laughs> end of the night. Yeah. And and everyone's a bit desperate to be like, I want to end the night as Chief Cat Cuddler. <laughs> like, I could see this being a good 15 minutes at the end of the night. Yeah, uh, a silly I can imagine some of our friends are getting very competitive over the title of Chief Cat Cuddler. Exactly. <laughs> I I did not expect it. Like, it, you know, it's it's not anything, um, you know, groundbreaking, but... I'm certainly not upset yeah. to have it in our collection. Well, the fact that I managed to explain all the rules to you in about... Two, Three seconds. Exactly. It's it's a real good. I uh, like. It's it is small and easy to transport around. Yeah. It's got cute components. It's very simple to explain, and yeah. it's some good frantic fun. Yeah, I'm very much look for, look, looking forward to to being a bit more public so that we can we can play that with people again. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a lot of fun. That's kitten. Uh, what about you? What have you played? Oh, oh! I finished Final Fantasy VIII. Yeah. Yeah. Tell yeah. me about that experience. Um, well, it was 24 hours total, I think, by the end. Yeah. Which was nice, because I think the first time I played that, it was like 80 plus, 90 plus hours. Yeah, it's nice to be able to just, like, quality of life your way through that game, huh? Mm-hmm. And, and also, you know, as someone with ADHD, to just be able to go, I followed the plot this time. Yeah. I, fo- I followed the plot. I didn't get to the end. I didn't have to do the whole grindy thing towards the end of a Final Fantasy game and go... Don't have a fucking clue what any of this is about now. Well, That's all gone. Bye. Well, if at some point you want to go through Final Fantasy VII like this, I'd be really up for that. I'd be up for trying seven and nine. Yeah. So, if you want to do those together, we will do those together sometime. I'm very up for that. Oh, I haven't played nine in ages. Um, yeah, eight and nine are the only two I've sort of. I I played through both of them really quickly. Yeah. In fairly rapid succession. Because um, I think there's only like a year or so between them. Mm. But um, 7 was the one that I took a really long time over and mm. really struggled with in a lot of places. Partly because I was trying to do everything in it. <laughs> yeah. And like with 8, I didn't bother doing any of the Chocobo Forest stuff. <laughs> um, I didn't sort of... I just wanted, really just wanted to experience the story again. Yeah, well, being able to speed through stuff will help do that, hopefully. Being able to just be like, I'll just have a hundred of those, and yeah. I'll have my GF at full level. Yeah. And, and just going like, okay, well, I can see all the things, I control the things out. Yeah. Items I'd never even heard of before. <laughs> it's like, oh, this is cool. Yeah. I've had a lot of fun with Final Fantasy VIII, um, and definitely looking forward to trying some of the others with with those enhancements on. 
Hopefully they've all got the same ones. <laughs> uh, what about you? Uh, I've been playing through Super Mario 3D World and Bowser's Fury on the Ooh. Switch. Uh, so Super Mario 3D World is a is a game that was originally on the Wii U and has been ported to the Switch. Um, I really like it as a Mario game. It it Ooh. it does a really good job of trying to blend the sensibilities of old uh, 2D side scrolling Mario games with 3D environments. Um, in terms of multiplayer Mario games, I think it is. I would say it is the most enjoyable Mario game to play in multiplayer mm-hmm. because. You have a lot less of the, oops, we're all trying to fit on one platform at once and everyone fell off and everyone's a little bit frustrated at each other that you get in the um, multiplayer and the 2D ones, for example. And the 3D ones usually are just, here's a pointer, point at stuff uh, in multiplayer. This has a really nice um, multiplayer component to it. Um, There's a few sections in the game that were designed around the gamepad that now involve doing motion inputs, which... It don't feel great to do. They're not particularly common, but they exist, and you should bear that in mind. That occasionally there'll be a slightly wonky motion, uh, thing come up. But I still think it's a charming little game, and I'm really glad to have an opportunity to go back to it. Um, mm-hmm. more interesting, I think, is Bowser's Fury, which is a like three to six hour, depending on how completionist you want to be, <laughs> uh, little Mario game. How do I describe this? It feels like we're being given a glimpse at, like, hey, do you want to see what we're probably going to do with the next Mario? Because, like, it feels too fleshed out to just be something they threw in out of nowhere that they're not going to do anything else with. Um, It is sort of... It is the midpoint between 3D World and, say, Galaxy or Odyssey or one of the more sort of open world Mario games in that you have a big open world environment to explore and levels are not segmented. So you're not like, you know, going through a doorway or, you know, like, ah, now I'm at this level. The levels are just sort of spread out physically throughout the the open world. Mm -hmm. But they feel more in line with the traditional 2D Mario level in that it's like, here is the 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 fairly linear the sort of fairly linear seeming path and there might be some branches on it and uh as whenever you leave a one of these little levels and come back to it they will swap out a bunch of the assets and be like here's a new thing to do on that level and we change the enemies and we change the stuff up which sort of encourages you to come back and revisit and re-explore these levels over time which is kind of a nice idea yeah um yeah it's a really fun approach to a Mario game and I kind of hope that they're working on a big full length Mario game of this style because this feels like too good of an idea to spend on a three to six hour side thing thrown into a remastered port um additionally Bowser is huge and you occasionally have kaiju battles as giant Super Saiyan Goku (laughs) Cat Mario it's it's Mario as a cat with Super Saiyan hair, having having a kaiju fight with Bowser. They were admittedly very fun. It's just it's it's a lot. <laughs> Not um, what you expected, perhaps. Yeah, I one thing I like about the whole um, Bowser gimmick they've got this time is that um, as you're playing through levels, basically there's no traditional timer on completing levels. But the longer you spend in a level without getting a new shine, um, like your sort of reward for completing an objective, 
Uh, this sort of terrifying huge Bowser tornado in the distance will just start to rise slowly. Mm. And if it gets tall enough, Bowser fight time. Uh, you can get Bowser to go away if you manage to get another shine uh, or complete an objective. But yeah, every now and then when you're doing a level, suddenly rain will start and then a thunderstorm will start and then Bowser will be there and will be throwing fireballs from the sky at you and you're still trying to complete the level you're on. Mm. And I really like this sort of... Uh, escalation and additional tension it adds to to your level, where suddenly it's like, oh, sh oh shit, it's Bowser time. Um, I've got, got, to, got to avoid Bowser while I do a level still. Um, yeah, I really like Bowser's Fury. I don't know if it's a complete enough experience that I would recommend, like, hey, if you've already played through 3D World start to finish and have no interest in doing that, I don't know if I could recommend buying this just to play Bowser's Fury. Hmm. But Bowser's Fury is fascinating, and I would love to see, like, a full-length game of that. Yeah. Um, and it, it is far more attention to detail and care than I expected out of a remastered port. Hmm. Like, this feels like some real effort and creativity went into, like, let's give you something to make it worth the repurchase. Uh, what about you? What have you been playing? I think that's it. Ah, I think that's it for me. It's been a very, it's been a very work-heavy week again. So work. Be a work-heavy month. Yeah. 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 We played more Deep Rock Galactic. Oh yeah. That continues to be Galactic. fun. The update's pretty cool. I have, I have dinged uh, another character. I've now finished yeah. my scout. Uh, the coolest thing about the up update to Deep Rock Galactic is in the escort missions. You can now save uh, Director's head. Yeah, you can save the head of the little drill so that you don't have to leave leave her behind. Which mm -hmm. is very. I'm very happy that that's a thing now. Yeah. Um. I mean, and there was other stuff in that update, but that's the thing I cared about. It was that. There's a, a few new enemy types that I think there's two new areas you can go to. But it's all about saving Doretta. It's all about saving Doretta. <laughs> Doretta's got her own little seat in the in the drop pod yeah. now. You don't get any points for saving Doretta, but of course we did it anyway, because why wouldn't you? Right? Yeah. Apparently, like, lots of people have been asking about I'm it. I'm glad. I'm glad everyone cares about Doretta. <laughs> the little the little droid head on top of the big drill. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's everything I've played this week. Well then. Time for this. Do you want to learn a new skill? Yeah! Do you not have the time? Never! Try Instance. We'll generate a new instance of you. It can do all the learning, and once it's done, we'll just copy those knowledge brain patterns directly into your own brain. Uh, what happens to the instance of me? Shh. Yeah, but... Shh. But there's another, <laughs> there's another version of <laughs> me. <laughs> what about the other me? <laughs> the other me! <laughs> Right, right, everyone, everyone, welcome in, welcome in. Uh, so, after many, 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 many months in the lab, we've yeah. finally, finally invented robotic exosuit technology. We've got uh, the ability to have sort of roboticized, uh, powerful suits. Marvelous. And, um, I, there's only one problem. Well, I would imagine so. It's, it's a powerful suit that makes a superhuman powerful. 
Seems like the kind of thing the military might want to get Exactly, and we do not want to be giving these to the military. Oh. We, we, we sort of invented these without really thinking about what the non-military applications would be. We were like, oh, we can make this, and then... Carrying the shopping. Yeah, exactly. Helping people with physical disabilities. Uh, no longer needing help lifting the sofa to find that die that you dropped in the game. Indeed. Rescuing uh, an, an animal from underneath a sofa. Lifting up the car so you can do repairs on the underside. Yes, or changing a tyre. Opening a pickle jar. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Or starting a vigilante superhero career. Well, yeah, I mean, yes, yes. That, that was my goal, yes. I mean, me too. I, I don't know why anyone else would invent one of these. I don't I, I mean, don't could we just not sell them to the public? I, could did, we just... I did get the idea from a, an old Batman comic. It's fine, it's fine. With the old Batman and his old... Let's not sell these to the public. Let's go be superheroes. Maybe this is the time that superheroes are needed? Maybe. I mean, Bezos and Musk have had all that money and neither of them has become a vigilante superhero. I, I agree, I agree. And if we could redistribute some of that wealth, I think that would be a wonderful good use for not military applications of mechanised suits. <laughs> <laughs> so, huh. What have you put in your eyes? Uh, not a huge amount. Again, it's been me. I've been, I've been face down in the work mines. Uh, we we did watch episode six of WandaVision together. Ooh. Yeah, Ooh. yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Definitely not going to talk spoilers. Yeah. Um, that show continues to be very good. Um, it is setting up a lot of real fascinating mysteries. Um, the end of episode five's thing has had a lot of interesting payoffs in episode six, and I'm like, oh, I'm even more down that rabbit hole of curiosity. Mm. Um, knowing the episode, the final three episodes are an hour long each. I am real excited. Give me all that one division. Yeah, I'm very excited for the potentially three or so films that this seems to be setting up. Yeah, yeah, it really it it's setting up a lot of things because there is like I understand that like there's been talk like from the beginning before this even came out that this was possibly a setup for uh the new Doctor Strange. Yep, and I that seemed fairly sensible. There are two characters in this that I I can see getting their own spin-off film at some point. Yep. And there is a character in this that I think is going to be used as an excuse to um, bring some characters into the into the the fold of the story. Ah, yes, yeah. yes. I yes. think I think that that's clearly setting up that we're going to get an MCU film of that. Maybe a resounding maybe. Yeah, I ah, uh, I did not expect to be this into no. into WandaVision. I. <laughs> I do. I'm also really with loving watching all the the like random news articles about. Uh, it's just a drawn out film with weekly inconveniences to stop it just going on. It's like that's how TV that's, works. That's TV. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I this is the first thing in a while that I've had the urge to like spoiler chat as soon as I finish episodes and be like. Oh, I need someone oh, to talk to. Oh. And I'm glad I have you to talk to. <laughs> but I've equally been like, oh, mm, mm, I'm bursting at the seams to talk about this. Because it's interesting. 
Maybe once the series over, we'll do a spoiler cast. Mayhaps, because mm. I've got thoughts. You've got thoughts? i got thoughts. Oh, is that a... <laughs> Dan- <laughs> is that danger- a... Dangerous thing, thoughts. Yep. <laughs> thoughts and prayers. <laughs> what about you? What have you been watching? Uh, well, I read, I read a short story. Yeah. I uh, read Smith of Wood and Major mm. by J.R.R. Tolkien. Because ah. I've fancied some short stories of Tolkien. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I've got, uh, I think it's Tales from the Perilous Realm, which is a collection of Tolkien short stories. Um, I have apparently read this story at some point before. I had largely forgotten it until I was about 90% of the way through it. I was like, huh. Be- been there, friend. It was, it was, I think it was like the name of a character. And I was like, oh, heck, I named a whole species after that character. When I was um, writing a short story when I was about 14. <laughs> and that that short story has come back to haunt me in so many other fictional things that I've written since then. Yeah. And one of my middle names. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, that was really interesting. It was interesting. Just like, oh, it's just a look at the book. And initially I was like, I'm going to read Leaf, Leaf by Niggle. And then I was like... Oh, but I've definitely read that before, and I kind of remember vaguely what it's about. I'll read Smith of Wood and Major, because I, I know I don't know that one very well. <laughs> so maybe I'll get around to reading the rest of that book at some point. But yeah, that was a good short story. It's about um, it's about Wooden Major, which is larger than Wooden Minor. <laughs> that's that, why that it would be, I would that's imagine. That's why it's called that. It's basically a fairy, like a classic fairy tale. Um, so basically, this uh, there there is a village. They have this uh, celebration every twenty four years. Some children are invited to this party, and there is a cake, and everyone gets a piece of cake, and the basically the the. the the chef of the village decides that he's going to put uh, some trinkets in into the cake. You know, like you get a silver sixpence and a Christmas pudding. Yeah. Um, so there's going to be like 24 things. And then there's this 25th thing that he found in a box of stale spices in the, in the top shelf of the cookhouse in the village. Uh, so basically the previous, the previous chef had fucked off at some point, just been like, nah, I've got my, uh, I've got my new, um, uh, apprentice. They'll do very well. I'm off. Bye. I'm probably not coming back. I'm going on holiday. Bye. There seems to be a lot of that in talking stories. I'm going on holidays. Like I'm just, uh, I'm retiring somewhere else. Bye. <laughs> um, yeah. And then basically one of the kids eats this thing thing that's a tiny star the apprentice was like don't bake that it's a magic thing it's from the fairy realm don't fuck about with it and the new chef was like fuck you i'm cooking it so one of the kids ate it and then became like really good at singing and dancing and then had adventures as they grew up and then there's like well i don't want to spoil it in case anybody wants to read this probably nearly 100 year old story uh, yeah, uh, that's one of the things. What about you? Uh, it has largely been a week of watching stuff that I already know inside out, comfort watching, brain turn off watching, because it's been lots of like thinking and brain doing intense work, and therefore it's just been like 
palate cleanser reset. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been watching a lot of old E3 press conferences, which mm-hmm. I I do this a couple of times a year. I'll just be like, show me all of the old co- conferences, and sometimes I'll watch them with uh, reaction, like people's reactions in real time to them. Just mm-hmm. like, what were people's initial impressions of Thing? How did Thing turn out? Um, what was it about? initial reveal that got people excited versus the realities just watching a lot of old press conferences um mm. which i i know them all inside out already but they're just they're just good comfort watching yeah um sometimes it's just nice to remind myself like context of the industry in which i work mm-hmm. um additionally i put on some old episodes of like gen 1 series pokemon because again, I know them inside out. I can sort of mentally tune out and have them on in the background while I do something else. Mm. It's it's been one of those weeks. I've yet to reach the Pikachu catch up episode, but can't be that far off. <laughs> I don't know any of the words of the catch up song. Apparently, I said a hey, a heart, a hey, a heavy to the heavy to say the no one. I want even no. I know it's the... basically the rapper's delight with different lyrics. Yeah, and a boogie and a woogie with me. I said a hey, a heart, a hey. I watched a thing this morning. What did you watch? This... Oh, Star Trek I... Acid Party. I saw some of this this morning. <laughs> I started asking what you'd seen. I was like, I know exactly what you've seen. Um, so this has been like randomly showing up in my mentions for a while, but I'm like, it's 40 minutes and it's probably going to be not good. <laughs> and it showed up this morning. It was like, I've got 40 minutes to kill while I dilate. So I popped it on. <laughs> I don't know what I was expecting. It wasn't that. So it opens with um, some interesting style graphics. Um, like they put a filter on the screen. <laughs> So it looks like they're doing the potion seller's vine. You can't handle my strongest my potions. Strongest potions. Was it a vine? No, it's probably too long for I that. I think it was a vine. Or it was, I don't know. Early YouTube. Early YouTube. Whatever it was. Um, yeah, and there's like a lot of Pink Floyd over the top of it. And lots of very psychedelic colours and rainbows and weirdness. And like people dancing by virtue of the fact that they're just going a couple of frames forward and backwards. It's quite weird. Um, and then about halfway through, it gets very heavily into relying on... And and now people just fart. Which was less funny, but if you're into that... Uh, I will laugh at a real fart, but rarely one in media. Um, yeah, so that was 41 minutes of... Huh? Yeah, morning. I, I walked in on his Picard doing a bunch of farts... Followed by here's a philosophical uh, talk about what death means over some uh, sad music. It yes. was, yeah. <laughs> also, I looked up the the Pokemon episode with the Pikachu <laughs> and the ketchup. It's episode forty two. Um, I forgot about the saddest moment in that episode for a second. Um, a Scyther tries to attack Pikachu and ends up destroying the the, the bottle of ketchup. <gasps> And Pikachu is absolutely distraught at this. I will see if I can find like a picture in a second. It's no, I don't want to see. The no, sad you don't Pikachu. want to see sad Pikachu. No, no it's 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 a it's a thing. Um, you watch anything else this week? Uh, I watched uh, a video on the uh, Cardinal West channel. 
I recut the Hobbit trilogy into one movie and you could watch it, the Cardinal Cup. Uh, it is an explanation of a fan edit that they did about, like, here are the things I hated about the Hobbit trilogy. Mm. And why it didn't need to be that. And okay, yes, I understand that there are going to be changes made when you turn a book into a film. But look at the third movie. Bilbo's barely in it. The point of the book is it's about the Hobbit and his adventure. And they made like two hours of this long ass fight scene it. Yeah. In, in Battle of the Five Armies, just so they could stretch it out to three films. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm reading more about Pikachu and Ketchup. Yeah. After this episode, it's a further 234 episodes before they uh, they once again address Pikachu loves Ketchup. <laughs> before they reunite Pikachu with his beloved Ketchup. Yeah, yeah, there is a long hiatus before they're like, oh yeah, Pikachu and Ketchup, that was a, that was a thing. Yeah, that's that's everything I've watched. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. I've watched a butt ton of blended tutorials today. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I saw one video this morning and I was like, hmm, I wonder if I could make some nice graphics to go for my, for my streaming thing. That would be nice to have. Just some professional looking graphics and stuff. Maybe like intro videos and such. Yeah. Yeah, but now, now you're learning Blender. Now, now, well, I haven't started learning Blender yet, but looking at it, I think it's very manageable, <laughs> and I might be able to knock out something that is mine that I could put on stuff. Yeah, and that would be mine, and that's ultimately the thing. Like, how do I avoid constantly having things that are well, that belongs to somebody else. That's like a borrowed thing. That's a yeah. a modified thing of someone else. It's like. The last couple of years has been very much about, okay, I'm going to write my own music, so no one's going to flag that. I'm going to draw my own graphics. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it would be nice to just have more of my own things. And, like, I've been looking at my logo and stuff for a while and thinking it needs a brush up. Um. And then last year when I was doing lots of t-shirt designs, there was one I came up with that is just too much of a pain to hand draw. Yeah. And it's just like... If I had a 3D art program, I could do this in about five minutes. Well... Like the render might take a while, but yeah. the point was that it was like, hey, this is a, like a very forced perspective thing on some very angular objects. Yeah. That in 3D is way easier. Mm. So, yeah, I might might give a couple of things a try in Blender just, just for fun. Yeah. You got anything else? No, that's it for me. Well then. Time for this. <laughs> Got new sponsor. Who's our new sponsor? Well, do you have a house? I mean, I, I live in a domicile of sorts with a okay. front door. Yeah, and does that front door? Is some people? Times people come to the front door. Oh, occasionally, and they, they need does to happen. alert you of the front dooriness. Well, occasionally that does happen. Yes, but you are somewhere not near the door. I'm. I'm. I'm in the office. Maybe you've got a headphone on. Oh no, I'm doing a stream or something. I can't Maybe. see the, the fr- I can't or hear the front door. just an edit of some sort. Exactly. You can't hear that. What if there was a thing like buzzy buzz on the phone or even a pop up on the screen? Oh. Just be like, oh, it's the person at the door. Oh, I can see the, the, I can see who's outside my front door. Yeah. And, and I know whether I have to like sprint down there or if it's, you know, or not if they've important. like dropped and dashed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that, that does sound theoretically convenient. Yeah. And what if also the police could see that all the time oh oh 
Let's try ding doorbell. Ding. Ding. Doorbell. Ding dong. Ding dong. Ding dong doorbell. Ding doorbell. Ding doorbell. Yeah, the name's so fun, you'll basically forget that it's a security camera with a direct feed to the cops. Ding doorbell. Yeah. And also, you know, you might want to be a bit careful about if you happen to step out onto your front door to go smoke. Yeah, you might not want to do that in front of your do- doorbell. It depends what you're smoking, obviously. But yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. You know, if you happen to be smoking a kipper, probably not the place for it. And they might come for you. Oh. Because anyone warming fish in a suburban area should be shot. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose try Ding Doorbell if you want some convenience at the price of cops knowing what's going on outside your door. They know about you smoking that salmon, Clive. They know. <laughs> That's Q and PS 155 over at dingdoorbell.lol.net and you can get a discount on your first direct feed to the, the, the police. They'll, they'll even put one on the inside of the door if you like. Oh, how thoughtful of them and there's like sound they can like they can record sounds yeah yeah mm. hang on just there's a bit of a sticker stuck over this bit of copy hang on this is a government surveillance program masquerading as a doorbell system i am shooketh i am don't go there don't enter the code q and ps155 and don't get a discount on government surveillance in your home. That's wink, ding, doorbell, wink, wink, dot lol dot net. Wink. Wink. Inside the boardroom of Electronic Active Softworks. Hi. Hi. So uh, we we got that new game we've been uh, working on for a while. Finally, yeah. uh, getting released soon. That uh, that yeah, one pew, about pew bang bang pew pew bang bang. That one that's uh, you know freedom. S- yeah, the one that's yeah. set in a relatively recent U.S. war. You know, yeah, the one yeah. where um, a lot of people have a lot of criticisms of the way the U.S. acted in that war. Yeah, but pew pew bang bang pew pew bang bang. Of yeah. course, you know USA 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 pew pew bang bang. Yeah, aren't guns fun? Join the military. Love a you gun. Know. Love, yeah, me a love, gun. love a gun. Love the military. War crimes. Do, 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 do. Exactly. But bel- believe it or not, some people online have been criticizing our brand new pew pew gun guns bang bang game. But they know we release one of these every year, right? Yeah, but like this one, you know, according to them, is about a real world conflict and maybe should, you know, may- maybe should be taking a political stance. Ah. Pew pew bang bang. Pew pew bang bang. You know, they're like, oh, I hope the game has, you know, uh, talks about feelings and the things that America did wrong in wars. The feeling is good feeling, pew pew bang bang. That's well, how Well, see, that's, that's what I thought, but they, they, they want characters to feel sad that they did a bad war crime. Pew how, pew, pew bang bang. How, how, do we, how do we convince them that pew pew bang bang is not political? Ah, uh, solemn JPEG. Ah, I see, I see. Yeah. Uh, well, we don't want to, we don't want to, we don't want to pull ourselves into the, uh, into, into such a recent, uh, recent political, uh, no, well, no, not political. Wait, 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 I have it. I okay, have okay, it. okay, okay. We just put out a press release that just says, nah. I like Anytime it. Anytime anyone says, hey, it's, we heard it was political. And then to those people, we say, nah. 
how about how about this? We also release a second one. I yeah. think this will work in tandem. We release one that yeah. says, uh, we've heard your uh, com- your discussions of the political nature of her game. Yeah. I know you are, but what am I? Ah. Ah. Yeah. You are a fucking genius. So are you. <laughs> I know. So, uh, what have you put in your ear meets? new bits of music in my ears this week would you like to hear Tell about, about them? things well i've got to scroll up and find them because apparently my phone is taking a second and won't let me see them uh i listened to a track called goodbye by an artist called johnny polygon um it's got a very sort of echoey slightly ethereal piano as like the base of the track with just a nice very light drum beat on top uh, and then on top of that, it's got sort of spoken word poetry over it. Mm. Um, really unique voice that the the singer's got um, about wanting to be remembered in a positive light when you're gone. Mm. It's a nice, nice, it's slightly, slightly bittersweet, but very pleasant track. Yeah. Uh, I listened to a track called Wolfman by The Front Bottoms, who I know I've talked about on here before. I enjoy them mm-hmm. as a band. Um very sort of bouncy, upbeat rock track about a relationship breakup, and you know, like, eh, sometimes it's just not the right time, and you know, it doesn't mean you're bad people if you don't work out. Uh, mm-hmm. Told through a sort of bouncy, upbeat rock track. Uh, I listened to uh, the other one I listened to was No Lover by Jetty Bones. Mm. Uh, it is a sort of, again, another sort of upbeat, uh, bouncy rock track, uh, femme vocalist. It's got some sort of like pop influences in some of it. Um, um, just about not conflating good friendship with love. Just because someone's been there for you when you need them, doesn't mean you should be like, "Yep, it's 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 love. Every uh, everything ah. is good because mm-hmm. they did a nice, so it's fine." Mm-hmm. Um, I have spent so long not receiving any nice that I immediately assume anyone. Doing nice with me yeah. is is it must be love must be turned into love now. Exactly, it's okay to be like that. That that person was a good friend and did a, good, a nice thing as a good friend, and that's okay. Or to put it another way, platonic love. It exactly. can be platonic love. Exactly. Um, uh, there's a really nice bridge on the track that has like um very sort of like high pitched synth uh sounds they're very sort of staccato they're very like they they don't have a lot of um edge on them they're very sort of short uh, sharp plucked. notes yeah al- almost plucked synth notes um uh stabs rather yeah yeah it, it very very nice section it's a very unique sound to it mm-hmm. um yeah, that's what I've listened to this week Lovely. what about you what have you been listening to oh i went on a bit of a something or other um, yeah, just a word came into my, or a phrase came into my head, and then I ended up looking it up online, and I found out it was related to a rugby song. And then <laughs> I found an entire album of rugby songs, which turned out to be, or must have been, by logical deduction, an album that my friend in high school owned, and she used to sing from all the fucking time. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to mention it because they're rugby songs. They're not good. Or they've right. probably got some shitty stuff happening. They got in them. some very shitty stuff in them. Even in just the foley between tracks, there's some shitty stuff. It's like, oh my! But at the same time, it did give me a certain like, hmm. Now I'm not going to recommend this to anyone, but at the same time, like that was a nice nostalgia moment. 
in yeah. a strange way and made me think of some things. So I ended up listening to uh, The Beatles, Paperback Writer, which was something else that person used to listen to. Uh, Beach Boys, Barbara Ann. Uh, Buddy Holly, Raining in My Heart. SL2 on a Ragatip. The Shaman, Ebenezer Good, which we've talked about He's before. He's good, he's good. Uh, the KLF, Justified and Ancient. Uh, Utah Saints, Something Good, featuring Kate Bush. And Mech, featuring Leo Sayer, Thunder in My Heart, which is the one that you were like, I, I know this track. I feel thunder in my heart. I just can't control. Oh, yeah. You you were you were on a real retro uh, retro kick for the night. I don't, I don't know. It was just while I was cooking dinner. I don't know what it was. I was just... Yeah. It was a time period that was all, all. Some, something just clicked in my brain and went, okay, remember everything that happened those couple of years. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, well, any others? Ah, that, that's it for me. Oh, Alan. <sighs> oh, wait, I had, uh, I've got oh, two more. I oh, remembered. oh, oh we're not done. There's we're two more on top of the list. Ah, ah, ah. Dial back, dial Quick, back. Hit, hit the reverse. <laughs> Got uh-huh. some tire screeching as we sort of <laughs> <laughs> doing that one eighty handbrake turn. Exactly. <laughs> I listened to a couple of the SCP uh, archives. Episodes. Oh yes, you put some screenshots in the chat. Didn't I did. You? I listened to uh, SCP one four three seven. A hole to another place. That's a cool name. Tell it's, us about this. It's about a hole. That leads to another place. I Possibly would assume. many other places. Ah, and basically the the usually it's told as a here is a thing. Here is our like our notes on that thing, and then sometimes you'll have like um like a dram a dram- dramatic dramatized bit of like okay here's a whole thing about us sending yeah. like. D class people into it, or yeah, here's, here's a, a recording someone brought back from it. Yeah, but this was here is an explanation of the thing, then here is an explanation of the same thing from a different universe where that hole goes to, and then a different universe where that hole goes to, and a different universe where that hole goes to. It's like variations on the SCP archives. Huh. It's like Okay, that that was an interesting multi-dimensional story. Yeah. Um, and the oh, SCP one seven six two, where the dragons went. <laughs> I can tell from 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 how you've delivered that. that that's a sad one. It's a really sad story. Um, so uh, the the initial SCP story is about um, a. A cardboard box spray painted silver with the words written on top in sh- like Sharpie or something here be dragons. Okay. And on occasion it opens, bellows black smoke, and these little paper dragons come and fly around. And there could be anywhere between 50 and 400. And they'll play together and they'll dance together. And if there's anyone else in the room, they might sort of play and dance around with them. And then after a while, they just go back in the box. And then the SCP, the, the they stop coming out of the box and... Things happen. Yeah. And that sort of half of the story ends in a way that I will not spoil for you. Yeah. And then the second half of the story is... Because it's like a 40-minute episode. The second half of it is like a, a beastery of a, uh, like a strange land. 
and like all the creatures that live there and and what they're like and and what uh, like written from the point of view of some explorer in this strange land mm. and that bit's mostly quite sweet but there are some quite dark moments in that as well because obviously it parallels part of the first story uh-huh. they are tied together um that is everything i've listened to Definitely well then time for this It is, as the time of recording, Shroven Tuesday. Oh, I hear so. Yes, but we don't have any pancake things in. Don't you ah, worry! Ah. <laughs> we can get you pancakes right here and now! Mobile pancake delivery service! High-speed service! I've got a motorbike! Do you need some maple syrup? Ice cream? Do you want a Do you want a crepe? Do you want a regular pancake? Scotch pancake! Fluffy one. Pancakes, pancakes, pancakes. I can deliver them right to your house. I can deliver them at incredibly high speeds. Uh, you there, over there. Pancake. A pancake for you, and a pancake for you, and a pancake for you, and you, and you, and you, and you. Try a pancake. Pancakes, 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 pancakes. Do, 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 do. Do, 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 do. <sighs> do, 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 do. That's enough of that joyousness. Hello and welcome to Grey Peter. This week we'll be looking at this wall. It's been here for a while. Later on in the show, Brian. We'll be talking about some grey paint that he bought at the weekend. Hopefully it's not too glossy. I understand. It's a silk mat. So no, shouldn't be too glossy. But obviously we will put the disclaimer at the beginning of the bit just in case... There's an accident or something. Later, we've got a guest coming up to show us a very boring brick. I understand it's a grey brick, so hopefully we won't get too excited. That's not usually the colour bricks are. I'll try and contain my incitement. Anyway, that's all for Grey Peter this week. Do 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 do. Questions, uh, let's have questions. What's the questions? Uh, Lucy asks, can I have cheeseburger? Didn't we? Didn't we say you can have cheeseburger last week? I can't remember. You can have cheeseburger. You can have cheeseburger. <laughs> uh, Mason said, thanks for recommending Crick Crab. Most welcome. Yeah. Uh, Alice, the gay dungeon owl, still an amazing name, asks, how much rice is enough rice and what is the best rice? It's a carb, so all of the rice is the correct amount of rice. One for one place on the chessboard, two for the next place, four for the one after that, Re- recurring. 
I think that's like a billion billion grains of rice. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. How much rice is enough rice? I mean, you can't keep it left over once it's been cooked, so... Yeah. If anything, do a smaller amount than you think you need and then make some more if you want some later. Mm-hmm. Don't, uh, don't listen to my advice. Don't overmake the rice, because then... Yeah, because it's like one of the worst ways of getting food poisoning. And most fatal, I understand. And what is the best rice? Uh, the coconut rice from our local curry place. That's real good. Yeah. And, you know, I can't cook rice for shit, so it's nice when someone can. And make it so delicious. Uh, Phoenix Twohill. Hi, Phoenix. Love you. Love you. Asks, uh, what would be your dream job in a world where magic exists? Um, you think I dream of capitalism? I do. I... <laughs> keep dreaming recurring about working in retail and it's horrifying yeah <laughs> but uh, if i wanted a job in a fantasy world or in a world where magic exists what would that job be i don't know it depends how powerful my magic is yeah i guess like if i could just clap my do the the, the clap on clap off and i could recycle all the rubbish <laughs> then i that's not gonna last me very long <laughs> i don't know cat cuddler You'd be the protagonist of that video game, Calico. You're just a ma- magical person with a cat cafe. Cat cafe. Oh, heck. I'd do the wobbly tube cat. Wobbly tube cat. Wobbly tube cat. <laughs> what about you? I'll go with that too. We'll, we'll do it together. Yay. We'll open a tube a tube cat wobbling restaurant. <laughs> uh, Tricky asks, what is the best and worst impulse purchase you have made? Okay, of of recent memory, mm-hmm. the best impulse purchase I made was the collapsible hammock last Ooh. last spring. Um, the hammock that could be easily dismantled and put back out in the in the, in the the outside. Um, completely made my summer last year. Uh, ham- hammock time was was a very good excuse for like just stop staring at the screen and let your brain be creative for a minute. Mm-hmm. And it was super beneficial to much creativity, but also just to my mental health to just have some outside mm. time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a good impulse purchase. Nice. You got any good impulse purchases? I can't really think of any really good ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You got any bad ones? Oh, yeah. Give, give me a bad impulse purchase. Uh, my Pixel Whip. <laughs> Bought yeah. it. Almost immediately lost it. Have no idea where it is. Yeah. I never got to use it even once. That's a real fucking shame. That is a real fucking shame because I had to have that imported from Australia and it cost me over a hundred quid. Yeah. Well, well, maybe one day I'll get another one. I, but I, it's really soured my desire to... I, I would like to replace that for you at some point once we can be outside and you can use it. Because well, now, now is a bad time to try and replace it. But Well, Phoenix bought me a... a, a uh, contact staff. Yes, which you haven't had a my chance. hatching day last year, and I still haven't had a chance because we can't leave the house. Yeah. So a, a, a pixel whip. I will. I I would like to replace that for you at some point, so you can have one again. Because because I know that that you never got a chance to use it. I can't think of any bad impulse choices off the top of my head. You're any very good impulse, impulse purchases. purchases. Whatever is in that envelope downstairs that I keep going. You you got an envelope downstairs. <laughs> you, there's a, a padded envelope turned up to this house nearly a year ago. And whatever it is, <laughs> I keep forgetting to go open it. That was a bad impulse purchase, whatever it was. Clearly, <laughs> because it's not been touched. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I imagine it's something off wish that I just keep forgetting is there. Um, <laughs> Hopefully it's not something you're going to open and go, that's where that went. I, I, for that. If there was anything like that, I imagine I would have thought, oh, yeah, that's what that is. I don't think it's big enough to be the ice cube trace that you no, wanted. No, no, I don't up. think so. Um, <laughs> yeah, other than that, best impulse purchase is the big, sleepy, cuddly Sylveon. Ooh. That was an impulse purchase, and it's like, it's real good size and firmness for like falling asleep on the sofa with nice yeah i think maybe my best is probably this hoodie that i'm wearing oh the lezo hoodie the lezo hoodie so i was looking around for like queer fashion and i'm a huge fan of lego as some people will know and i found this place called pretty pink pearl that make a hoodie that has the lego logo but instead of a, a, a g it's a z so it just says lezo and it looks great. <laughs> and I'm a big fan of it. But the cuffs are starting to fall apart. I have tried to order another one. <laughs> I have tried to order another one and a t-shirt with the same logo on it, but in red. Uh, I'm hoping they turn up, because when I ordered them, only very recently, the uh, the store gave me a little pop-up going, after I'd paid, going, we are currently closed as we're on holiday, but we'll be back after September 2019. <laughs> It's alright, I used PayPal, so... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if they've gone, uh, we'll we'll find out. And if it does arrive, I'm just going to email them and be like, you know there's a pop-up on your site that's terrifying, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Bethany Turner, hi, asks, uh, what would you describe yourselves in terms... Uh, how, sorry, how would you describe yourselves in terms of D&D alignment? Um, chaotic something. Chaotic something. I would like to think chaotic good. I think you're very good. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm, I would say chaotic good because you know I try to do things that are for the for the you know for the positive and betterment of people and try and be nice, but like definitely not lawful good because lawful good is I also obey all of the laws and think that the police are very good. I've been hearing some things recently about how that's not actually accurate for the alignment I, chart. I know, but like... But, uh, that, I mean, that, I think that is how most people think of it. Like, lawful good would be like your paladins. I have a, yes. a creed and a, 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 like, a set of rules that I live my life by, and those were laid down by some religious person. Yeah, but here you substitute in the cops for religion, and it's yeah. like, okay, yeah. I, I feel like you have to... Respect cops to be tr- to be lawful evil, uh, well, lawful good. From from what I've been hearing, like it's more about like respecting the society you live in. No, which which have like most of the characters I've created as as uh, chaotic good. Like um, I think most of my characters like um, trees. Yeah, trees is like uh, she doesn't really f- she left her own society. She goes out into the world. And she tries to sell handcrafted dildos to people. Yeah. Um. And or you've got Ellie who will happily blow things up or steal things or shit in places she really shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't know. I I feel like everyone. You know, it's 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 easy to be like I think I am good on the alignment chart because I think everyone wants to think that. Uh, like, but evil games just tend... I mean, the point of evil is it's more about being selfish. rather you're, yeah. you're doing something for you rather than something for other people. So running running evil is difficult in a party yeah. of multiple people, especially if you've got, like, opposite alignments. Yes. 
I, I wonder if maybe the alignment chart would make more sense if instead of like good and evil, you had say selfish versus selfless. Yeah, as that scale be better but because apparently that's what people are trying to say that it is yeah and then sort of uh, lawful versus chaotic you could be um structured versus chaotic because it's not necessarily laws but it's um do you follow a set of rules that you think are do you fit in versus do you not yeah so let's go chaotic good Mm -hmm. i'm also chaotic good what about smudge i think true neutral (laughs) She's chaotic snack. <laughs> Her alignment is snack. Chaotic neutral feels perfect for smudge. Chaotic neutral. Sleepy snack. <laughs> Mag J Evans asks, if you could turn queer and pleasant strangers into a video game, what would that game be like? Um, WarioWare. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like very ADHD, it would be like doesn't do it doesn't stick on one topic for more than a few seconds before no. it jumps to the next thing. Um I I feel like you would I feel like it would be a mixed media piece where you are playing a short bit of WarioWare-esque video game and then oh oh here's a quick like a quick 15 second short film here's a here's a clip of something oh you're back to a game here's a cutscene from a different game yeah it's just hopping around it's lo- it's it's hopping around different types of media then you'll get a bit of a song play and then you'll get back to a game and then it'll get to a podcast you'll just have like a tiny sentence from a podcast and then you're back playing but a there warrior is sort of game. an overall, uh, overarching through line of, of socialism and, and yeah. anti-capitalism it's warrior where if there were more cutscenes and um, music clips uh, interspersed between the mini- video- the mini games for some reason. And guys, <laughs> ah. uh, Michael asks, "What is some of the best ways to warm up?" I climb the stairs and walk back down repeatedly. Twenty minutes of that will get you uh, quite uh, warm. Additional socks. Double layer your socks if you want to warm up. Tights. Yeah, I have found feet. Feet and like lower legs, one hundred percent the the quickest way to warm me up. Mm-hmm. Especially if you can keep the space between foot and leg warm. Yes. Like if you can stop things escaping at the ankle. Yeah. Because obviously a lot of clothing, except for maybe feety pajamas, tends to just be like, okay, there is something on the foot, there is something on the leg. Unless you're wearing like boots, I guess. Yeah, or just socks that are long enough that they're not going to leave an exposed section. I mean, I ended up wearing. Feety socks, a pair of tights over the top of that, and then long socks over the top of that, and leggings. Is uh, this when uh, we had no heat? When we had no heating. Yeah. <laughs> That's gone now. That is in the past. <laughs> that is all the questions. Well then, time for this. Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Brochure Justice Warriors. Brochure Justice Warriors? Yeah. All right, Harry. All right, Harry. How you doing? Oh, not too bad, mate. You, uh, you been up so much? Uh, you know, you know. Keep it on, keep it on. Yeah. Unfortunately, keeping on an eye on the news, you know. Yeah, it's been uh, deeply concerning, to say the least. Yeah, yeah. Like, there has been a whole lot of concerning stories recently, but the one that has, uh, you know, stuck with me today a lot was... Yeah. Uh, a story about the NHS forcing do not resuscitate orders on people with learning disabilities. Absolutely disgusting, mate. Absolutely. And, you know, it would be disgusting if this was the first time it had happened during the pandemic. You know, it would be disgusting, unforgivable, horrific. This is the third time they've tried to do yeah. this. Toward the start of the pandemic, they tried to force DNRs onto uh, autistic people. Yep. 
Uh, then they tried again with people with learning disabilities as a broader category, and now they are doing it again. And every time that it happens, people point out, this is fucking eugenics, this is. Well, yeah, I mean, this uh, this whole... The way the UK government has been treating the, the pandemic really has felt like a cull, I'll be honest. And, and, and you know, obviously the, the just the, the blatancy with which they have approached people with learning difficulties and specifically people with, with autism, it really does, as you say, feel very much like, you know, eugenicists. Exactly. It, it very much feels like the intention is, well, it makes some space if we killed this group off. Well, yeah, you know, we've got what, a pension crisis. How can we solve that? You know? Exactly, exactly. And yeah, the fact that this is the third time this has happened, and, you know, as with the last two times, public outcrying of, of you know, condemnation has happened, and they've gone, oh, 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 we'll stop, we'll stop. And then they just fucking do it again. Yeah, it seems like every time anyone turns away from the, uh, you know, t- you shouldn't be doing this immediately... As soon as somebody's looking directly at them, telling them they must fucking stop this shit, they're like, oh, oh, well, time for time for a bit of that then. And I can't imagine it's going to get any better once we've got this yeah. bloody GB news. It's, uh, well, that's the thing. It's, it's hard to see this as anything other than, wouldn't it be more convenient for us if people with learning disabilities were dead? Yeah. Like, there is no other real way to see, do not, help this person stay alive if they, you know, if they, you know, stop breathing as anything other than we would prefer it if there were fewer people with learning disabilities alive or that people with learning disabilities have lives that are worth less than other people's lives. There is very little other way to read that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's disgusting and uh, uh, it's, it's shameful that we have to keep coming back to this because they're like, yeah, but... I know you were upset last, like, three months ago. What if, what if we just prop it, that on the table it, just it's, again? It's disgraceful that it has happened even once. Yes. That, that any group of people would have DNRs pushed onto them. Absolutely. Everyone has a right to life and everyone has a right to decide, do I want you to try and keep me alive or do I not want that? That is... Not something you should ever be forcing onto a group of people. It has really felt like they are just trying to cull anyone they can't get literally the most money out of. Yeah. You know, who can generate us the most capital? Well, not you, because, you know, you, you rely on benefits or you, you uh, are unable to work for the most part. We'll just get rid of you. Bye. Oh, it's fucking depressing. It is. Virtual lug, mate. Oh, I could do with one. Same, same. <sighs> Good lug, mate. Good Yeah, Counting the days till those uh, physical ones can come back. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a hell of a hug. Oh, 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 oh. You have, mate. Mate. <laughs> It's gonna be quite the hug. It's gonna be quite the fucking hug. Yeah. Uh, right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go have a lie down. Yeah, I might do the same, mate. Yeah. Well. yeah, you too. So Laura. Yes. Where can we find you on the internet, darling? You can find me at Laura K Buzz in all the places. In all of the places. Yep. Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Patreon, that's the one that pays the bills. Every Friday on YouTube at Laura K Buzz I have episodes of Access Ability. 
It's a show about accessibility and representation in the games industry. We've got an episode that went up this week about Super Mario 3D Land and Bowser's Fury and Nintendo's choices they keep making about accessibility. Um, you can find me Twitch streaming Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays at twitch.tv forward slash Laura K Buzz. Um, I've got books. Uncomfortable Labels is out now. It's about being an autistic trans woman. There's Things I Learned from Mario's Butt. It's out now. It's about video game character butts. There's Gender Euphoria. It's out on June 10th, 2021. It's, it's all about non-cis people having positive gender-affirming stories. Also, there's another book coming, because uh, I can't stop making them. Don't stop moving. You'll know about it soon. I'll tell you more soon. Um... There's also podcasts. I do those. There's Pixel Square. It's about video game character pornography. There is uh, a podquisition. Let me tell you whether your favourite video games are great or perfect. And definitely don't talk a lot about politics and silly non sequiturs. Uh, <laughs> you gave a disbelieving look there. Sounds like I've been listening to the wrong podcast. <laughs> um... There is also Dice Funk. It's a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Uh, I'm on seasons three, four, five, six, and seven. They're all self-contained stories. Season eight's coming up real soon. Real soon. Um, I believe in terms of recording, uh, by the time you hear this, we might have recorded the finale of season seven. Mm. Um, and season eight is starting soon, and I'm going to be on season eight. That's exciting. Uh, also... I'm on another podcast that isn't this one with you. Nah, surely not. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah, you're on that polyamory. It's a fifth edition real play podcast with questionable morals and heck me, we are about to record the finale of that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's two D&D podcasts that are very synchronicity uh, come close to ending at the same time. Well, recording wise anyway. Yeah. We, I think we've just put up episode 20 and the finale will be episode 40. So you've got a ways to go before we get to the end of that show. But from our point of view, whew, although I might be able to use Sunday nights to start editing more of it now. So yeah. who knows? It might start coming out a little bit quicker. Um, yeah, I also make music under the name Bedroom Programmer. I have a separate SoundCloud for that. We've got a Facebook group. I've got a Redbubble where I sell t-shirts and hopefully some new designs. Ooh. Ooh. Um, I do board game and video game reviews over at stonemonkeyradio.blog. Uh, I've got a YouTube. I have a Twitter where I have thoughts very rarely, but mostly just share miserable news stories because I feel it's important that people stay educated. I've got a Twitch channel, I stream on Thursday nights from around half past seven, and I have a Patreon, that's my important one, that's the one that pays my bills for as little as a dollar a month. You can help me justify a 76 hour work week, that's uh, patreon.com slash stonedmonkeyradio. Laura? Yeah? Will you sing us out please darling? Until next time, be a stranger. Mm -hmm.